yeah, so I will start the intro music here. I'll have us muted at the start and then we'll go on with it. Any questions or anything? No, I'm excited. Let's do it. Let's do it. Welcome to Run With Purpose. This is episode number 58. And for those of you that are, blah, 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 for those of you that are new to the show, my name is Flores. Holy crap, I've only been doing this for like over a year and I still can't get it out. Uh, I'm so very glad that you found this podcast. Would love if you would subscribe um, and you can reach out to me on all of the socials at flores.run. Well, that was a rough start, guys, but don't worry. We have a much better episode in store than that mumble jumble start. Uh, today, my guess, I stumbled across Instagram. I know, surprise to most of you that have been listening for a while, you know that I just stalk people on Instagram, basically, and just try to find some really cool stories and things that our people are doing and kind of just highlight it. And that's no different today. She's got uh, some crazy positive vibes. I felt like we aligned with or mentalities about purpose and journey and stuff like that. So obviously I reached out to her and here's where we are today. So uh, I'm going to call her Allie McGee because that's awesome. I'm not even going to say your full last name because Allie McGee is baller. But Allie McGee is the CEO and founder of Life Simplified, a health and wellness brand on a mission to simplify the art of living a healthy life. She has made it her mission to empower others to create a healthy lifestyle that is simple, balanced, and sustainable. She is also the host of the Master It podcast, where she interviews experts in the health and wellness industry so others can master all aspects of their lives, putting perfection aside and embracing failure as learning lessons and growth opportunities. Allie, welcome to the show. Mm, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that we connected. Um, I do the same with my podcast guests. So like, if you're not stalking people on Instagram, are you like even a podcaster? I mean, that's <laughs> very true. Cause it's just one of those things where you're like, Hey, this person has like similar views as me and something like I want to talk to them. Or even the, the crazy thing is when I'm like, I completely disagree with this person in every way. Let's, let's have a conversation. Well, that's when you okay, get, I'm, that's when you get real. <laughs> I'm not real yet. I'm just yeah. a poser. <laughs> to be fair though, none of those people have ever gotten back to me. Um, really? Yeah. No one really wants to talk when there's someone that's different. They rather just judge you from the, from a distance, but we can get into that later. Cause we're going to talk, <laughs> we can going to talk about podcasting stuff, but Allie, tell the people a little bit about yourself before we hop in today. Of course. Okay, cool. Um, so excited to be here. I'm Allie McGregor or Allie McGee. I'm a health and wellness coach. Um, I didn't just become this, you know, one day it definitely came through an entire journey of truly finding myself and what, and figuring out what health and wellness meant. So let's kind of backtrack to my early years. Um, I grew up playing a ton of sports, so I was always just, you know, I was athletic and like, you know, always staying busy and, and, you know, doing those kind of things. But I always struggled with weight and like personal body image and things like that. So 
it wasn't until um, I got to college and I was no longer part of a team and had to go to practice or had to work out. You know, I was finally just free, like free at last. I didn't have to, <laughs> didn't have to like work out if I didn't want to. I didn't have to eat a vegetable if I didn't want to. I figured Vegetables out what gross. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> so I figured out what Chick Fil A was and just like college freshman year it was the best what's, best time what's of my the chick what's the chick-fil-a menu item you get oh spicy chicken sandwich with um fries obviously spicy. powerade half lemonade half powerade that's a fire combo yeah people don't know about that one <laughs> okay okay i think i have a plan and for tomorrow two chick-fil-a sauces you got to put one on the burger and then dip the fries it's a whole situation that makes sense <laughs> i just i i changed my diet and now i'm a, a pescatarian i always joke and tell people i'm a presbyterian because it confuses people <laughs> but um so now when we go to chick-fil-a i just get fries and mac and cheese but definitely definitely the chick-fil-a sauce Mm, it's money yes. oh my gosh sorry there's nothing quite to, like it in the world <laughs> sorry to interrupt your <laughs> no it's fine i can always geek out about chick-fil-a um so i found out what that was was just eating that for literally any meal i could because yo it's on campus meal slides boom 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 like let's go um so finally my habits just like really caught up to me i was gaining weight i wasn't active at all i was you know college you're drinking a ton and so I gained like 30, 40 pounds and then I wasn't 21 yet. So by the time I hit 21, boom, going out to the bars, it just continued to like go down this rabbit hole of just like drinking and, and drunchies and just all these terrible patterns. And I was, you know, 50 pounds heavier than when I left, you know, at 18. And so I just looked in the mirror and I was like, dang, I freaking hate what I look like negative self-talk, comparing myself to everyone. And I was just so sick and tired of being where I was. And in my life, I had always been like the thick girl who was just like, I was never like overweight. I was just kind of like chubby and just, you know, so I'd never felt good in my body. And I was like, okay, like I finally just got to a point. I was like, I'm so sick and tired of like this shit and just feeling sh like shit. Like I got to change something. So Finally started working out, but I was just like, I don't know what this is. Um, and so I would like go to the gym. I would do the same workouts from like high school and then I'd run a mile on the treadmill. And so I would just do that. And then, you know, I'd hurt and it was, I was sore. And so I just like stop and, you know, miss a few days and then come back and like try and expect these overnight results from like working out for like one time. It was just all these unrealistic expectations. So after I finally got consistent with my workouts, I finally started to see a little bit of change, but like kind of not really. Cause like, I was also still eating so poorly. Mm -hmm. So I was in this lifestyle, just trying to outwork a bad diet. And, you know, if anyone has tried it, you know, it does not work. Like you just can't do it. Especially if your goal is weight loss, like you can't be eating Chick-fil-A for at, a meal or two in a day and still expect to like lose weight. Like it just does not did work. I, like did that. I tell you Chick-fil-A is a sponsor of this? So you can't say that. <gasps> Are they? Oh no, my I'm gosh. Just I'm That'd sorry, be awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> Soon. I can feel it in the future. Right. <laughs> um, so I was trying to outwork a bad diet and it was just like not happening. Um, so once I finally started getting consistent with my workouts, I was like, okay, what's the next focus? food. So I have these tendencies and I know this about myself of like, I get super 
like almost like an addictive personality. So once I get into something and I get into it, I really get into it. So the food aspect like literally went next level. It was, and it got to a scary point at one time. I started having all these weird patterns with food. I would start restricting food, but I'd label it as a diet. Like, oh, I'm um, I've done paleo. I did a little bit of keto. I did plant-based. I did all these things. And really I was just shifting the control around with food. And then eventually it got so bad, like definitely had, um, disordered eating patterns and it was just, it was terrible. Like I dropped a ton of weight. Like I looked sick and ill and I was even scared of food at one point, which is crazy to me now because, I love food. You know, it's like, (laughs) it's crazy to think that I wouldn't even touch an avocado because it was fat. Um, So after getting help with a health coach and a therapist, I was able to totally transform my relationship with food, not cope emotionally. And it would just, it transformed my life. And so now that I'm, you know, on the other side of it of like, whoa, I don't think about food 24 seven or eating this chocolate chip cookie and feeling guilt for like three days afterwards, like it's life changing. And so I was like, dang, I could actually get to the spot in life. And I was like, I bet other people would want to be here too. And so that kind of sparked my interest for nutrition coaching. Um, and then, you know, I don't know, just having the personal personality that I do. I love to just kind of chit chat um, with anyone and, and pick people's brain and just consistently learn. So that kind of got me started on the personal development, you know, train. So I was just reading and consuming all of the books, um, trying to just make better choices each and every day. Um, and so I was doing that for a few years. And then after that, it kind of transformed into the podcast of like, oh, like, why don't I just record these conversations versus being selfish and keeping them to myself. So (laughs) then the podcast was born. It was, you know, started out as the Allie McGee podcast, transform, rebranded this year to master it podcast, just to reflect really everything that I want to talk about and, you know, get across to people. So that was a long winded question, but that's a little bit more about me. It's definitely been a journey to get here through literally thick and thin. Um, (laughs) Puns for days. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) That's funny. Well, it's kind of, you said it a few times and it kind of hinting to the episode. I haven't decided what we're calling it yet, but it's going to be something around journey and our whole idea. And this is kind of where Ali and I kind of touched base and, and thought was a really cool topic is this idea of journey and understanding that it's more about the journey you're on, not necessarily an end goal. Cause sometimes when you have that, that end goal in mind, you kind of, um, you're, you're let down, I would say most of the time. And we can talk about running and stuff like that as a part of it as well. But the idea of your, your life journey or the things you're doing, you really need to pay attention and open your eyes around the journey and kind of enjoy the journey because the journey is the best part. It's where you see the most growth, growth, the most opportunity the most change. And then you kind of get to the end. And if you put all of your hope in the end, it's never going to be what you expect it to be. When you, when, when we talk about like journey and kind of the importance of that, kind of what does that mean to you? Not necessarily like just your personal story, like you shared, but kind of just like overall the importance of being in the journey. Mm, really good question. Um, I feel like w- being in the journey is just learning who you are and figuring out who you are in the process and kind of what you're made of. Um, because like you said, 
it's not made in the end goal. It's you find yourself through the journey and it's trying to learn to love that process where you have, you know, great wins along the way. You have a lot of failures in air quotes failure. I don't think that's ever a thing. Um, but I think so much happens in the journey. Like, yes, the end goal is nice, but I think truly learning to um, almost surrender to the process, you find yourself in there and you find resilience. Um, you find that you're stronger than you think you are. And I think it really just molds you as a person versus kind of being stuck on the end goal. Yeah, for sure. When you, when you say failure and you don't necessarily, you know, we do the failure in air quotes. What do you mean by that? Cause I, I'm curious on your thoughts. I can give you mine, but you're the guest. Yeah. So. Um, totally. I'm, and I want to hear yours. Of course. Um, so I think it's more of like, not a failure, but a learning lesson. So it's okay. Um, let me use a personal example. Okay. So I'm currently in physical therapy for my knee. So I can't, um, I can't go run like I love to. So for me, it's not a failure of like, oh, like I can't do the marathon that was scheduled for next month. It's like, oh, okay, this is like a tiny setback. I get to slow down. I get a strength in my knee. I get to, you know, get better because of it versus, you know, a failure didn't hit this end goal that I thought I was going to by X date. Um, and so really just re it's almost like a reframe for me. And so it's like, okay, there, will there be more marathons that you can sign up for? Of course, there's probably a zillion out there. Not in COVID um, so times. Yeah, I know. Right. There's some few and far between. <laughs> um, but it's just one of those things of like, I think sometimes we get so stuck on that angle of like trying to turn it, trying to get there. Um, we're like sometimes force ourselves to get there and we go too fast and, you know, you get hurt along the way. And like, sometimes it's a blessing of like slowing down. Okay. Realizing what do we need to fix here? And then, then moving forward. So I think everything happens for a reason. And so I'm, you know, it's dark times when you can't do something that you love, but I'm trying to see the light in it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's kind of what I mean by it. I think it's super interesting. And I wrote it down because you kept, you said multiple times I get to, and I think that attitude is it right there. Instead of the, I can't do this. It's I get to do this, like kind of flipping it around and saying, hey, here's the positive in that situation is I still get to do these things in in this rehabilitation. I am strengthening my knees. I get to have stronger legs because of this and I'll come out on the other end well rested and ready to then go to the next level, whatever that next level may be. Um, I think failure is an interesting thing because we're so, I, I think failure, I agree with you. It's, it's more of learning opportunities because you can fail, but the worst thing that happens is you kind of just fail. Like it, I'm like, okay, you try again. Like that's, that's the end of it. I was just talking with someone about, uh, failure and stuff. And, and she had made mention of, it's kind of really just a hit on your ego. And you really think about it. Like that's, that's kind of it, your ego. Yeah. Like that's the only thing, unless you're like, I also made the joke. I'm like, well, like I don't want to fail flying a plane, you know, cause that's going to be more than just my ego. It's going to be loss of life uh, for a few people. But you know, in most cases, most of the things we're doing, the failure, the worst thing that's going to happen is you're just going to get an ego shot. And with that, how do you kind of bounce back from that? When she said that, I was like, oh, that is so good. But the idea of the failure to me is we can't be necessarily afraid of it. 
it's, it's you, you kind of grasp it, you acknowledge it and decide, okay, what am I going to do with it? Cause you always have a choice in everything that you do. Are you going to lay on the floor and not move or are you going to get up and do it again? And, and kind of how we react in that situation is whether you, you, um, become stronger through it or kind of just become complacent and just let your situations affect how you live your life. Mm, yeah, I think in, I mean, this is definitely something that I've had to work on over the years. Um, I would let failure for sure, major ego hit. I would be literally laying on the floor, laying in bed, just not wanting to move forward because I was so paralyzed by it. Um, and then I think once you give it space and you give it room so that you can like reflect of like, oh, this thing failed. I'm not a failure. It's, mm. it's not so personal anymore, but you gave it space. Like I had to do a lot of therapy to get there and a lot of meditating. So I think, I think slowing down too, and being able to reflect and look back of like, and realizing that you are not the failure, but it's like the thing may have failed or maybe the superficial example, but like Instagram looking at an Instagram post for, from a business perspective. Okay. Did it get likes? Yes or no? Like, did that fail in my eyes? No, but like it got good engagements. I can reflect back and look at other things from it. But, you know, you have to be able to not take it so personally, even though it's on my personal page. Like for a long time, like it was so hard for me to like post and I felt like an imposter talking about all these things, but because I didn't want to fail. But now it's like, no, I can just use it as information versus... Yeah. Versus it failing. So yeah, it all depends on who you're trying to make your audience be, or let me phrase that's your audience is who the audience is. It's kind of what you get from your audience. Like, is that interaction what brings you the joy or is it, I'm spreading a wealth of knowledge to people that someone is going to get something from this, whether they comment, whether they like, or they don't do anything at all. The idea of me putting it out, putting myself out there and just creating as a whole, the creation itself should be the benefit. It, we shouldn't want the feedback, but I know it is super yeah. hard. I say that as I'm like going to check Instagram literally when we get <laughs> off of this and be like, did anyone like my post today? You know, <laughs> who, who read my story? Why isn't it? Like, I, I think it's so funny and I think it's harder as a guy in some of these circumstances, but like seeing a lot of the people that I follow the ladies put these like questions like you did today where it was just like, tell me something you tell your 18 year old self or something, something, however you worded it. And I'm like, you had all these answers and they're so great. Like if I posted that crickets and I, ah, I should have had the cricket thing set up to do the crickets. Cause it would have been perfect. Darn it, we could have used it. <laughs> Next time I'll have to set it up. <clears throat> but you know, you kind of get caught up in that, like that rat race of you want that, that extra satisfaction, but that really shouldn't be the way reason why we're creating things. We're, we're creating things for the sense of creating it because it is therapeutic for us as well. And we'll talk about the podcast in a little bit later of like, <clears throat> cause I'm always curious when I talk to other people that you do podcast kind of how the podcast has changed them, not just like from a technical aspect of, I now know how to speak in clear and concise sentences. I still obviously don't, uh, according to my intro. <laughs> <clears throat> but you kind of, um, you, you learn more about yourself as you're writing these ideas down and kind of thinking through ideas of, oh, wait a second, I guess, I guess I really didn't think about it like that until you need to explain it to somebody else. Like, hello, everyone out in listener land. I'm trying to, un I've got this like jumbled mess in my head and I'm trying to get it out to make sense to you. 
And that's, that's definitely not an easy thing to do. I don't think. Not at all. Not at all. So as far as like the journey and stuff like that. So we talked about, you talked about your journey. You basically got to a point where you realized like, Hey, I need to, I, there's changes that need to be made in order for me to just be healthier, not only physically, but mentally and just everything in, involved with that. And obviously uh, finding help and making sure that you were kind of put on that same path. How do you kind of get out of the mindset though? Um, if you talk about this like journey aspect of you didn't end up where you thought you would or you should be, and you kind of get into that self-pity. How do you kind of readjust the journey when it's not exactly where you thought you would be? Mm, this is like the really great question. Um, Cause it's hard. And obviously if you're going through like the thick of it and you're just like, dang, your goals feel so out of reach. It's like not fun to like keep showing up. Um, but I think it's creating joy in like the small day-to-day things, like in your small daily routine and just almost having tunnel vision for like what you can accomplish right now. So if that's, you know, having a really awesome tight morning routine where you get up, you sweat, you meditate, you journal, and just having something like that and building that consistency out and really refining the small little teeny tiny habits that you do love atomic habits. So if you want to read anything, go read that book. Um, but really just focusing on the small things that you can control day to day realizing that that will compound over time and eventually you'll get to where you want to be. But I think it's a lot of switching instant gratification for delayed gratification Mm. and knowing a lot of things don't happen right now, but kind of broadening the horizon of like, okay, what can I, you know, where do I want to be in a year versus, you know, where like having this unrealistic expectation of like, I want to drop 20 pounds in like one month. Like that's not going to happen, but maybe if you make the goal, let's lose 20 pounds this year. And I often encourage people set the bar really, really low for yourself because it, it truly builds confidence once you can do a little thing and like hit that check mark of like, yo, I just accomplished this massive goal or, or this goal. We'll just say that. Um, it really builds confidence. And then you get, I think it digs into this curiosity of like, what else can I do? Like, what more can I accomplish in this lifetime? Because I just did something, but honestly, most people can't even accomplish a goal. Like I think 4% of new year's resolutions are actually accomplished. Um, So when you start small and then you just build that confidence, that innate confidence within yourself, I think it really sets you up to get out of this habit and this mindset of like, oh, I'm like almost like pity party of like, I'm not where I want to be. And like, there's, I will never get there because I was there. Like, I never thought I could lose weight. I never thought I would love the skin I'm in, you know, all of these things. And it's like, whoa, like I'm there. It took a few years. I never had a deadline for when I would actually think I would be there, but eventually the day arrives. Usually you don't realize it because it doesn't happen overnight. So it's just one of those things you kind of just have to like keep showing up and doing the small things over and over. 
And then eventually I think you turn into that person who you want to become. It's not like it's like you cross this finish line with like a race. It's like you slowly morph into it. You know, obviously kind of like kids, I think as you know, kids have this very special growth and development process, but as adults, we're like, no, we want it like right now and to happen. And it doesn't happen like that. Like things take time. So once again, long winded answer, but I think it's something you just kind of arrive at and focus on what you can control in the day-to-day, the small habits, because the compound effect, if you don't know what that is, go Google it and read a book about it and it will change your life. <laughs> yeah. It's funny you, you say that because the the kids versus adult kind of thing where it's like our entire life, we're told, you know, as a kid, you're like, you need to put in the work. You need to keep doing this. You keep doing this. And then you get into adult and you completely forget that that's a real thing. Like, cause, cause you're not in theory, you're not growing. I'm not growing any taller. I'm not doing any, like, I'm not getting more teeth. You know, you're not seeing these things that innately happen in our lives. You know, you get taller, you lose your teeth, you gain teeth, you grow a beard, you do, you know, whatever the case might be, these things happen. And you're just like, okay, yeah, I'm making changes. And then all of a sudden you hit an age and you're just like, and this is what you're going to look like until you're, you're old. And I'm not yeah. going to say what a number of old is because I'm sure people are going to be like, get out of here with your nonsense, youngster. But it, it's funny you say the, also the, the compounding thing is, uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about some of your old podcasts, but I was listening to some of your episodes and one of your episodes, you had talked about like mastering the small areas in your life and how it's just like 1% better every single day. It'll cultivate and, and it'll grow. And before you know it, the complete changeover had happened, but it's definitely not going to happen instantly. And I think to your point of why all of these new year's resolutions fail is because people are going for these big outlandish, like huge dreams, which is, is great. You should always dream big, I think, and, and strive for those dreams. But the problem with that is, is you're more likely to give up on it because you're not seeing the progress mark. So if you're going to dream big, you need to have like check-in spots where it's like, Hey, I need to, I want to try to be here and make them realistic and going. It's like, Hey, if I wanted to run, if I didn't run at all, and in a month I wanted to run a marathon. Could I do it? I mean, you probably could get through it. Are you going to run the whole thing? Probably not unless you are already a runner. You know, I've got a buddy of mine, which he's just, he's, I met him because of his crazy running, but he's running from Cincinnati to Cleveland starting tomorrow morning. It's 242 miles, uh, self-supported. He's starting at 5 a.m. I see the, the, the draw drop, but he also, he, I met him while he was running from Alaska to Key West uh, he did it in 98 days. It was like a little over 5,000 miles. And he also has the world record from, for running across the country. So he's kind of fast and kind of a crazy, a crazy guy. But it's, he, he made a comment when he had, he was in Key West after running for 98 days. And they, they asked him like on one of the interviews was like, were you afraid of like failure? And he's like, obviously he's like, if you're not afraid of something, then you're just not trying hard enough. If something needs to scare you to kind of push you to keep moving to that next step. So it's like you need that push to the next step, but you also need to have those check-in points to make sure that you're on par with where you're going to go. Because if not, you're going to, you're, you're going to fail and it's going to be more than your ego because you're just going to lose your, your, 
I don't know, you're going to use, lose self-esteem. You're just going to feel bad about yourself. And then you're going to revert back into your old habits even harder because you're going to go, you know what? I was happy then, you know, Taco Bell, delicious at midnight. Yeah. Cause you're comfortable. Oh gosh. Yeah. And because I, it's way easier to do that. A hundred percent. And one of the things I've been living by the first, last few years is getting comfortable with discomfort because there's no growth in comfort. It's once you start getting uncomfortable, that's when things start changing. And, and I always say, it's like when somebody says something is stupid, I always question it. Like, why is it stupid? Is that something I can do? Like, that's a bad decision. I'm like, well, now I definitely want to do it because I want to kind of push myself. I say yes first and convince myself to no rather than saying no first and having to backstep to be like, well, I guess maybe I can do it. It's like, no, convince me that it's a bad idea. And maybe it is a bad idea. I've had very, I have quite a few very bad ideas. I still end up doing some of them or attempting some of them. But in the, in the end, it's really just like kind of putting yourself out there. I was all over the place, nowhere in the realm of talking about goal setting or any of that stuff. So I don't even know what I just talked about. No, I love it. I I think you brought up some great points of um, goals. And if they're not, if they don't scare you a little bit, like you're not trying hard enough. Like I think people don't know when like that fine line of like, you know, signing up for the marathon, but they haven't run, at all in like 10 years and, you know, maybe signing up for the 5k instead. So I think it should scare you a little bit. I always, mine is like more of a gut check of like, Ooh, does this goal make me want to throw up a little bit? If it does. Yep. Okay. We're right on par. Um, so I think that's super important, but then people often fail because they don't set up an implementation plan behind Mm. their goal. So they set the goal, but then they're just like, all right, we set the goal. Like we're good. It's going to happen. But then their day to day doesn't support their goal. So they didn't schedule in the runs to their schedule. So they're not running. Maybe they run once a week versus, you know, running three or four times a week. Um, So it's really this whole piece that you have to, it's like art. I think it's goal setting is truly an art that you have to figure out. Um, And shameless plug, you can do that with my goal setting and implementation plan that's available on life simplified. (laughs) Find it. It'll be in the show notes. Um, So it's, I, it's a lot of yes, goal setting dream big, but also break it down to like, what can you do day to day? Can you go for a 20 minute run three times a week? Or if that's even too much, go for a 10 minute run or a 20 minute walk, just like literally start anywhere. But I think people set these goals and then it's so big, it's paralyzing. They don't even start. That no implementation is so, so true because how many times do people set goals and then forget about the goals because they didn't put the actual plan in of what's going to happen. I'm like, I'm a Trello board, like Nazi where like anything, I don't do it unless it's in my Trello board. Yes. Agreed. It's like my mom's texting me. I haven't talked to her in like a week. I'm like, oh, my mom always texts me (laughs) while I'm doing the podcast. And it's like, she calls me or texts me in the middle of the podcast. I'm like, mom, like. I need, I just need to to do it. Like, I just, I appreciate it. Thank you for thinking about me, but this is, this is not, this is not the time. I'm weak. Um, totally feel you. If it's not in my planner, it does not exist in this world. So like you got to send me and it's got to be two places for me. I'm a little crazy. Got to be on the Google calendar. Got to be on the written planner just to like cross reference everything. Um, and it, I'm just that person. It feels nice when I check it off. Yeah. So I don't know. What is it that you use? A cello board? Trello. 
Sorry. Trello. Oh, no, you're fine. I'm like cello, like plain yeah, I actually have a cello that I write on. No. Yeah. Trello. It's uh, have you Trello. used Trello before? No, I haven't. It's basically, it's a, it's a productivity tool is kind of what they market cool. as, but you have lists and in each list you have tasks and the tasks you can assign due dates and stuff. So like I do it with like social media planning of what I'm, when I'm going to post things and we have it for our board. It's, it's a, it's a super, super fun tool. But I list oh, everything cool. there as like, and the way I started doing it is I actually have a today column and in my today column are things I'm actually getting done today. It's not, I'd like to get this done today. It's no, if it goes on this list, it is getting done today. You're not going to sleep until you get these things done. And, and that has helped me a lot to realize, um, just kind of what is my throughput you know, what can I actually put in there? I can't put 20 things in there because I'm not going to get the 20 things done, but I can put four things in there and I can guarantee those four things are going to be done well and they're going to get done on time. And if I have extra time, then I have extra time. Yeah. Nothing else gets put on that list. It's the next day mm. we put another tomorrow. And there's there's some like automation processes that I saw. I don't know if it was in Google Sheets or maybe it been in Trello where you can set up an automation where every day it creates a new list, makes your yesterday's list it makes today's list a yesterday or yeah, yesterday's list and moves things along. So you can kind of track how many times you're having to move things. I'm like, that is mm. genius. But yeah. Produ uh, productivity is a, is a, a crazy thing. And it, it's funny. You said checking things off the list. So again, I'm going to go back to one of your podcast episodes, uh, mm. episode number 70. If anyone was curious what episode it is, but you had this idea of, um, you were talking about, Oh, what the hell was the name of the episode now? Oh, look. <laughs> 70. I'm like, dang, I did that many episodes. <laughs> I think, it, yeah, it was 70. Yeah, that, well, you've been crushing through them and it's like, makes me feel like, I mean, I've been doing this for over a year and I'm still up 58 or whatever episode this is. Numbers don't mean anything. That's true. And it's, it, it's we, we'll talk about the podcast stuff, but you brought up this idea of, um, master this is this is like your preemptive to the mastering kind of thing before you did your rebranding stuff this year and you had talked about doing things not just to check them check the box and just do it but kind of doing it for the right reasons so i think that kind of ties in to the journey and kind of what we're talking about of like setting goals and the implementation is don't just do things to do them don't follow what somebody else is doing because they say it's the right way to go. It may be the right way to go, but you need to find your why in order to kind of make sure that makes sense for you in your current situation. Because what works for you in your podcast does not work for me in my podcast in that sort of thing. So it's like, how do we differ, but can still kind of get to the same place I'd like you to kind of, if you could maybe like explain a little bit more of that, that mentality of doing like the finding your why as a part of your journey, again, making the journey your journey. Totally. Yeah. So I think finding your why, um, super important because when you go like any journey that you go on, whether it's in a relationship, a fitness journey, a nutrition journey, running, like these are all very emotional things and journeys that you go on. So you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. You're going to be all over the place and everywhere in between. So I think when you can find your why and really get rooted in it, 
So when you have these shitty days where you just like, it's cold and rainy and like, you don't want to go on a run and it's just like the worst. Not like that happens in Phoenix much, but on the occasional <laughs> day that it does, <laughs> um, then you are so rooted in your why that you're just like, oh, like it's just something I have to do and you just go and do it. And it's almost automatic, but you're moving from a place of intention. Um, like I remember at one point when I was training for my half marathon, I would get up like super early before it's dark, you know, put on my lights on me and then like go run. It's freezing cold. It's dark. Like it's, I have to get out of bed. It's warm in my bed. I just want to stay there you know, all the things, but because I knew I was working for something into something, it was so much easier to just like get up and go because like, I, I, you have to hold yourself accountable too. And so it was just like one of those things, like, this is my why, like, I wanted to prove to myself that I could run 13.1 miles Mm -hmm. and, you know, once again, coming back to the, to the daily habits, it's like, okay, what can I show up and do today to get me closer to that goal? And that is going for the run in the morning when that's the only time in my day that's allotted for fitness. So I think getting clear on your why and is super important. I love to big journal fan over here. I think it's super important to slow down and reflect. So if you can just get a journal and um, it feels a little awkward and uncomfortable at first, but um just write out, uh, just start writing. And even if you don't know what to write, write, I don't know what to write until you have something to write. And then you go and just free write about whatever you're thinking about in regards to this goal. Um, so I think that can help really get clear about your why and get grounded in it. Another resource would be find your why by Simon Sinek, really great book. Um, he really breaks down everything behind it and kind of the science behind it too. So definitely check that out. But I think it's important to get clear on your why before you even start this journey, because, you know, it gets a little crazy. And so I think just having that place to come back to and get grounded in it can be transformational. Yeah. I think my light just went crazy colors. I think I'm like super yellow right now. So I apologize for that. That's good to me. Weird thing. Yeah. A little mood lighting. It's like, you know, it's late. It's all right. Yeah, the, the why aspect is, I think is is super important because a lot of times we just follow whatever the trend is, whatever people are doing, we just hop on it and, and you know, and that's where everything goes. I know I, my wife and I changed kind of a lot of what we did. This is probably how long we've been in this apartment, four years maybe. So like four years ago, we, it was my wife and I and our 10 pound dog. We had a four bedroom house in the Burbs and it was just like, it was just like, yeah, this is what, this is the American dream. This is what we got married. We bought a house. It was going to be great. We thought we wanted kids then. We quickly decided that was not a thing. And then um, after my brother had four of them, we're like, no, nah, he's got plenty. We can just, you, you handle that. Um, and we realized like, hey, like we're doing all of the things. We're checking all of the boxes, but it wasn't our boxes to be be checking. And then we really like what really sparked me was the minimalism documentary when it came out many moons ago and watching so that. And it like, it just kind of opened my eyes to like understanding, like, do these things bring me value or joy? I wasn't a hoarder. I just had a lot of things that didn't really mean anything. I just kept them because I, I was supposed to keep them. And then once I started freeing like the physical things, then I started freeing up ideas in my mind or freeing relationships and started getting this like untanglement and it started kind of making things clear to me of 
I'm not doing what I want to be doing. Why not? Why am I not like, I'm young, I have the opportunity to do these things. Like, why are we not doing this? And we sold our house and now we live in a thousand square foot apartment. And it's like, we're so much happier. It has nothing to do with, it's not even like a finances thing or anything like that because rent's stupid expensive. It's just as much as our house was. But it's 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 the idea of we, we're doing what we want to do and everyone thought we were absolutely nuts for it. Mm. And if we would have just followed what everyone else thought was the best thing for us, who knows where we would be? You know, the the the, the stress and everything that comes along with kind of following what everyone else assumes is your next step that kind of causes a little bit of conflict. So with that, finding what's important to you to kind of define that why, to understand why you do what you do. You should never just do something because. You never should believe anything at face value. You should always ask why, regardless if it's about a life thing or a, a philosophy or anything going on. Because you, you know we're running into that like politically climate right now is how many people just say, this is what it is. And you're like, but why? Like no one asks the why question. They're like, the Democrats are doing this. The Republicans are doing this. We're either throwing down a statue or we're rioting and taking over the Capitol building. And it's no one's asking the why. It's just because this is the way it should be. And it's just like, wait a second. Like, why do you think that? And I love the news interviews. Daily Show does a great job at this, which is, I feel bad for the people they interview because they just look like morons. But I think it's uh, John Klepper. Fing- John, John Klepper fingers the pulse. A great segment name. Um, but he goes and he basically talks to these people and he's like, do you understand why you're doing this? And they're just like spitting rhetoric or whatever. And he's like, so no. So you basically have no idea. And he'll just like flip it up and just reuse their words. And it's like, yeah, people, people just spit out what comes in and not realizing kind of the damage that's going to do big picture. That's a whole nother issue. So didn't mean to bring that up, but. No, I think, I think it's a really great point. I think a lot of people live so unconsciously that Mm -hmm. they just are going through the motions. And I was so guilty of this too. Like I was going through the motions, um, with a job that I literally hated showing up to, but like how, how much longer did I stay there hating the job? Like probably close to a year until I was like, Oh wait, I can just leave. You know, like, isn't it weird? You're just like, wait a second. I don't live here. Yeah. And I don't owe you anything. Cause I, the moment I leave, like I'm, my ass is replaced. Right. You know? So it's like, I don't have to be loyal to anyone. I don't have to, you know, especially this job, whatever, like you can just find something else. But I was just going through the motions and I was like, I thought it had to be this, you know, I had to, I, well, okay. It all stems from, you know, my family, my mom worked as a teacher for this one company for 30 plus years uh, um, of her life. And so I was like, Oh, that's going to be like my story too. Like I'm going to go in for a shop out of college. Boom, boom, boom. Like I'm going to be there until, you know, whenever until I'm like 35 or 40, I'm just going to rise through the ranks. I was working front desk. It's going to be this awesome story. They're going to make a movie about me. Sandra Bullock is going to be me. Yes. I'm like, duh, who doesn't want this? (laughs) But did that happen? Mm, No. So it's like, okay, let me like consciously remove myself from the situation, find something better and find something that sparks me joy. Cause like it was soul sucking, to be honest. Like it was just, it was too much in, 
at one point it did bring me joy. So I'm super thankful for it. But by the end of it, I was like, whoa, I like totally outgrew this. And I think that's the best part about your twenties and even like your thirties, honestly life. I don't think you should ever be content with where you're at. I think you can enjoy everything along for the ride, but I think you should continuously be growing. And when it doesn't serve you anymore, just like walk away. But I think it's hard, you know, the first few times it's kind of like, a a breakup you know the first time you do it you're like oh like that hurts you're super heartbroken you kind of go back to him you're like dang it wait this i shouldn't be doing this shit what the hell um we broke up for a reason and it's just like now i remember why yeah and i'm like oh my god you literally turned me up and down the wall like i cannot deal with the shit (laughs) well that came from a deep place i had to come out (laughs) okay okay we're gonna call you out buddy (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is cancel culture. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> well, it's been a fun show, guys. <laughs> but I think it, it really takes, you know, a little bit, almost a practice, just like anything. It's a little awkward and uncomfortable. It's like, make that first move. Like, I remember I put in my two weeks and I literally cried because I felt bad versus, hey, I'm not, I'm out, you know, like I can't be here anymore. And just like in professionally submitting something like I was so emotionally involved, but now it's like, when I leave this next job, it'll be fine. I know it's like going to be good. It'll be like, cool. You know, it's just, it doesn't have to be emotional like that, but you know, it takes practice. Like anything, it's kind of like running your first 5k. It probably hurt a lot, but like you do it and you get better. And then you're like, oh yeah, I'm like kind of used to the hurt, but like it gets easier. Yeah. You kind of realize it. Your, your settling comment is like dead on with people just kind of settle and kind of put themselves in a box of what they can accomplish. Like they put the limits on ourselves. Most of the limits we put, we have, or we, we have in our life is limits. We, we put on ourselves. Like we put ourselves in that box and all we have to do is open the box. The box isn't shut. We just shut ourselves in this box and we don't realize it. I have the same kind of job story where the last job that I was at, I was at the company for nine years. And it was one of those things where it's like I started in the call center aspect of it and grew into some data stuff and, and, and just kept growing. I was like, this is great. And I was like, hey, you know, I could see myself staying here until I retired or whatever the case might be. It's like, I was comfortable. It was fine. I knew, I, was, I knew what I was doing. People liked me. And then it just got to a point where it just felt like, I, I wasn't I wasn't being all that I could be. I felt like there was so much more that I could do. And in that, I was like, what can I do? And I had a friend that um, she, she she helps me with a lot of stuff now. She's uh, my editor for my blogs and stuff like that. But she mentioned like, hey, you know, you can do more than just this. And I'd been there for so long. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I can't. Like, they only like me because I'm like, I'm a pretty face that just walks around this hallway. And they're like, yeah, I can, I can deal with this guy. So, you know, a job opportunity came up and I applied for it and I ended up getting it. And, and I remember like walking out the first day, I literally took a picture as I was waiting for my Uber to pick me up because I had a company car. So I had to like leave everything there that day and take an Uber home. (laughs) But I remember like taking a picture in front of the building and like the biggest shit eating grin, shit eating grin on my face of just like, why didn't I do this years ago? And nothing against like the people and stuff I worked with. It was just a toxic type of work environment that wasn't for me and wasn't fulfilling to me. But for for some reason I stayed there because I felt like I had to. Yeah. And it was one of those things where like with my new job, I was just like, oh, you know, it'll be fine or whatever. And ended up being like, it's an amazing job. I absolutely love everything I do. I work harder than I ever did before, but it's, it's amazing. And I think we, we get into that thing where we settle into what we have because it's comfortable and we feel like we're not good enough 
for anything else. And then kind of to add to your point, it's the generation before us, they didn't jump around to jobs. You know, they talk about the millennials and all this stuff. Like all we do is jump around jobs. Yeah. You started at your position and you were there until you died. And, and that's really it, you know, and, and our generation, we've decided, we've said, no, we're flipping it. Like, why do we have to do this? And I think it's an amazing thing with so many people that are saying, I don't need to go to college. Why do I need to go to college unless I'm being some sort of professional that I need that extra training, technical, medical, anything like that, where you need the additional training makes a hundred percent sense. I do not want my doctor not going to college. Um, but the idea of why am I spending this time and money when I could one, just be gathering experiences I'm you'll meet people in other countries, especially like in Europe, uh, some people in Germany I met where he's like, oh yeah, I'm just taking like two or three years after school before I go to university or whatever. And that was like the norm. Like it wasn't hard to, to like, no, this is how they do it. And then they do like internships for like two years in the middle of that to kind of find out what they want. It's like, why do we think at, you know, how old are you when you graduate college? Like 21, 22. At 22 years old, you know what you're, you're basically know what you're going to do the rest of your life. I still think it's crazy at 18. They expect you to be like, let's pick a major. And this is going to be like your life goal. Like I had a degree, yeah. I, have a de- I have a degree in finance. I quickly found out I hate many things about finance. Like I'm not a stock market guy or any of that stuff. Like I pay a financial advisor because I'm like, no, I did this stuff in school. I don't want to do it now. Yeah, no, I think you make a great point. Um, I couldn't agree more with being 18, trying to decide what your life is. I mean, I went into my undergrad as a pre-nursing major newsflash. I'm not a nurse. I, the moment I decided I was like, I don't want to do this. Like this isn't for me. I went into my advisor, literally cried very emotional, as you can tell, <laughs> cried. And I was like, I can't do it. I want to switch. And just like, it was this whole thing. And it's like, whoa, once I switched and I found something I'm passionate about off to the races, I could talk to you all day about healthcare administration, like improving different processes and like, you know, just boring shit that most people don't want to talk about. But once I found my zone of genius, whoa, it felt easy. I was so aligned with it. It was the smoothest thing. I actually felt like I was cheating the system. I was like, should I be able to write four papers in a day? Cause like, this just feels easy. This isn't a challenge. Um, but once you find something you're truly passionate about, um, it helps just like propel you forward. And I think push you into that full potential. It was really difficult, especially on the campus that I was on because you ask any girl on campus and what was her major pre-nursing or, Oh, I'm in the nursing program or like, yeah, nursing, this is so hard. It was just so much chatter, like stepping away and going against the grain was like, Whoa, your healthcare administration, like Come time graduation came, we were like the last two rows, you know, we were so teeny tiny, but it's like small, but mighty. Yeah. I'll sign your checks one day. What? Just yeah. kidding. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> but you it's need like, me. Yeah. You need me, <laughs> but it's things like that where you don't, you're never stuck where you are. I think a lot of things that are in air quotes permanent are not permanent. Like even marriage, very undoable. And so I think when you take these things, 
these labels that really like put, put you in these boxes and you take them off. And it's like, Whoa, it's so freeing because I love what you said about a lot of times we put ourselves in that box. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think I consistently try to pull myself out of the box by just doing a little bit of everything. Like I like to be the jack of all trades, master of none. Right. So LOL, even though my podcast is master it, um, secret. So I love to do, cause I think when you kind of live into your full potential and like me, I truly believe that me doing a little bit of everything, like I'm in yoga teacher training right now. I do nutrition coaching. I like to train for triathlons. I like to run a lot. I'm just very kind of like all over the place. And like some people won't get it, but like, that's okay. Like it's not their thing to get, but I think that it shows that you don't have to be this one thing. Like I can be the yogi who also does triathlons. Like you don't have to be stuck. Um, and I think diet culture kind of puts us in all those boxes too. Like I think society really does try and like put you in these things, but deep down, I've always never felt like I fit in with all those things. So I'm just like, I'm going to make my own thing. And it's just going to be like a swirled up, you know, thing that like might not make sense to a lot of people, but like, that's okay. Cause like, it makes sense to me and like, it brings me joy and it it's fun. So yeah, long, I th- long I, rant. <laughs> I think what you find in that too, though, is, Obviously it's not it's not a hundred percent sustainable to kind of do that for a long term. But when you're doing that kind of thing, you find out what it is that's gonna bring you that joy and that value. So it's like you're trying all the things because you're just uncertain of it. And to your point, you're a jack of all trades, master of none, but it's like eventually you're going to find those two or three things that you're like, you know what? These are my things. And at that point, you've, you've got all the experience from the other thing because things are so related in how you do different things from different areas of your life that you can bring it all in and go, hey, all of these experiences that I had are now being harnessed into this one thing that I do and I'm the best that's doing it. And I mm. think that's, that's exactly what you need. Mm. Love that. Yeah, no, totally. And I think you're much like anything. I think everything evolves in your life. Like for a long time, I was like the indoor spin girl and I would go like two or three, two times a day and just like go crazy on that. And then it's like, oh, you kind of phase out of it. And it's like, oh, that's like not my thing anymore. And like, you know, as much as we say it was a phase, like it's totally fine. It can be a phase just like just like getting all the piercings and whatever it was a phase like just let things be phases and like we don't necessarily have to be so attached to it um because i see oftentimes with athletes or even college athletes the moment they're no longer a college athlete like their world is fucking falls apart and destroyed because like they're no longer the athlete you know that everyone's like bow down to on campus and it's like okay, like that's not your identity. That's just, you were a basketball player. You were a softball player. You were this in college, but like, that's not who you are. So I think it's, you know, once again, creating that space and not taking, making these labels so personal. Yeah. Attached to that label and that self-identity. I literally, I was writing self-identity as you said that word. I was like, yes, that's exactly where I'm going. Do you, have you watched uh, community? The show no, community. no. It's a super funny comedy show, but this preference is going to make zero sense to you, but I'm still going to go with it. The first episode, uh, I think his name's Donald Glover. 
Thanks, Donald Glover. Um, he he's a, a basically a football player. He was like the star football player in, in high school, but got injured and ended up having to go to the community college. And he's wearing his letter jacket like the first day that they're at the community college and wondering why like everyone's not treating him like the king like he was in high school. And it's a it's a funny like image, but how often do you see that? You probably see it in smaller towns more than than larger places. But the guy who is sitting at the bar that has sat at the bar for the last 40 years talking about the state championship while he's still wearing his ring and he's got his jacket on. We live with this identity and we have this like identity crisis because we're glorified with what this is and we get attached to that identity. And the reason I kind of talking about this is your, your attachment talking about the phases. We get attached to identifying ourselves with a phase or with a, an area of our lives that if that part gets taken away from us, we kind of fall apart and kind of lose what ourself, what we really are in, as, in, in and of itself. We kind of just project that to, we want this image to be us. And I did that for the longest time with... Um, with some of my running stuff and that sort of thing where I wanted to be like, I wanted to be like every other Instagram or YouTuber. Like I had a YouTube channel where I was doing like weekly videos, I was doing vlogs, I was doing all this stuff and all I was doing is mimicking everybody else. My old podcast was similar, <clears throat> similar in nature where we were, it was me and a buddy uh, talking, it was called Running Beer and BS. It was a great show, but towards the end, it felt fake. It felt like we were we were pushing conversations just because we needed to get episodes out. It wasn't just it wasn't as fluid as it once was, and I really had to take like that step back and go, okay, I'm identifying with this. I'm becoming this character. I'm becoming an actor in acting as a as a podcast host, and that's not me. That's not how I talk. That's not how I act. That's not what I believe. So why am I doing that? So then when I started this show. Uh, a year and a half ago or two years ago, I was just like, no, I'm going to be me, unapologetically me, whatever that means. I might say some things that people are like, shut up. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have a podcast. You shouldn't. But it's like, you know what? That is me. And that's what it is. And it's like, I'm going to have guests on the show that I want to have on the show. The show is called run with purpose. It's not about running itself. It's about running your life with purpose and intentionality, which basically means anybody that is doing anything on purpose can be a guest on my show. And that's exactly what I do is I find people that just have cool stories that I want to talk to. This is literally, I literally just do this so I can talk to cool people. I love that. I, f I thought I was the only one who's doing that. I feel selfish and I'm like, no, I'm like kind of doing this stuff for myself. Cause 100%. like, I, I love to learn and just geek out with people and just like, you know, jam on whatever topics like health and wellness, very general. You got anything to talk about health and wellness? You're on the show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get you booked. Um, and you know, it's, I just, I think, yeah, a lot of people won't, um, a lot of people can chirp from the crowd and just put their two cents in, but at the end of the day, they are probably not good themselves. And, you know, that's a whole, the, another situation, but that's part two of the episode, <laughs> <laughs> yes, for real. Um, so I think it's just one of those things, like when you can show up and be unapologetically yourself and really just stand in your voice and know that you won't say everything correct, or, you know, you might not always get it right. You might stumble over your words. You might say something weird or like whatever, but like, it's truly you. And like, I think that version of yourself is like the most magnetic and like, other people can resonate with it. And it's like, Oh, like this person's a, you know, an actual human being too. Like they're yeah. like me. And so I, I think that's the best way to go about a podcast. So 
What helps people, yeah, it helps people understand that it's not glitz and glamour like we see on social media and stuff like that. It's not all that kind of thing, but it's like, no, we're, we're normal people that do normal, stupid things. We just, we just, we had the courage to take that step and put ourselves out there because that's really what it is. And, you know, we talk about like the failure aspect and the ego. Well, when something's like this, we, you know, we're looking for, um, we're looking for praise or something like that. Usually when you create things or in yeah. you're doing things, you kind of want people to be proud of you, if you will. But when somebody goes against something, if you fail at something and someone kind of gives you a little slack for it, I didn't finish this race in whatever time or whatever the case might be, you know, it, it kind of stings, but it is what it is. But like when you pour your heart out on ideas, like on a podcast and you're like, no, this is, this is me. And someone says, I don't like it. It takes, it takes some stones to be like, okay, that's cool. You don't have to like it. Like, I'm just going to, I'm going to keep doing it though. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep working at it. I'm going to get better, whatever the case might be, because it's, I feel like this is what I want to do. And I have, I have something to say. You had said it in one of the episodes is you, you wanted to, you felt like you had something to say and you wanted to say it. So you went from voice memos to a podcast and it's like, that's baller. Like do it, you know? Um, yes, I, I did listen to, I, I'm, I wasn't kidding when I said I listened to it because I wanted to show this real quick. Um, so, okay, we'll start off just pretty basic. Um, my outcome, <laughs> it wasn't my outcome. August, I started my big girl job, my first corporate healthcare. Yeah, I'm, I'm hired on as an administrative assistant. If y'all don't know what that means, that means you do everything. <laughs> I was listening to you and the amount of times you said mother freaking, I oh was gosh. like this, this had to be her word of the month. It just had to be where she just said it literally in every conversation. Oh my gosh. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> it's okay. I can pull up one of my old podcasts if you want me to do the same thing, but since it's my episode, no, I'm just going to so do it funny. for you. I'm weak. I meant to, I meant to, uh, I was, I was hoping to have those saved on my thing and I completely forgot to get them on there because I wanted the individual sound clips of it, but kind of, I kind of want to transition. So we've talked about, a, we've talked about a ton of things. Some of them related to journey, most of them not. Um, but we talk about this journey aspect and, and goals and finding your why and all of this stuff. And obviously, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, it's led you to this idea of the podcast. You were doing all of these things, trying to help people. And you realize like, hey, I have a voice. Like I just said, we had the courage to step out and actually project that voice and, you know, and, and get ready to take the criticism right on the chin kind of thing and just go after it. So when you started the podcast, kind of tell me why, why you decided that the podcast was going to be the kind of way you would go. Cause you've been cranking through episodes. Like I'm scrolling through it and I'm looking, I'm like, what do you mean you started last year? Like I'm like scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. It's like every three or four days. And we talked a little bit before we started recording, but I kind of want to get your thoughts on, on the actual of creating it because that in itself can be a journey. Totally, totally. So podcast has definitely been a journey. I didn't know where to start. So I started on the only thing that I knew how to record my voice on, which was my phone, Um, you know, super high tech. Right. Um, So it was just a space that I could just vent. There was literally no outline. There was no agenda. It was just me just venting. And so the first ones are really raw and organic and just like, ugh, no agenda, just really not much like 
substance to it. But I think once you kind of build up that courage and you've done it a few times and you get your first few reps of like getting a podcast out there, then you're like, oh, the creative juices start to flow. And you're like, oh, this is like where I want to take the show next. Or this is the topic that I want to speak on or something. An idea pops up in your head and and it just kind of gets the ball rolling. So, I mean, it started with random sporadic episodes here and there. And then once I kind of got things down um, and I was trying to learn as much as I could from other podcasters. So I saw people had like, Tuesdays and Thursdays out and or Tuesdays and Fridays. So I was like, okay, like I'll start doing two a week. And that was my goal. And I would just started committing to it. So just like I had once, um, you know, started committing to my fitness, I committed to podcasting just like my fitness. I held myself accountable. We're going to have episodes out every Tuesday, Friday for X amount of weeks. You know, I think it was probably way too long, but I totally stuck to it. And the first few episodes, it was, you know, as we dealt just rough and I was doing whatever and just speaking on whatever. But like, I feel like the first few reps of anything just are kind of like throwaway. Yeah. You got to get them out of your system. It's kind of like journaling too. like first few sentences are like pretty superficial and just like, er, like not much happening. But then you really just like settle into it. It's kind of like settling into a run. Like when you're five, six miles in, you're just like, oh, like this feels good. You find your stride and then you're like, OK, the podcast starts to take shape on its own. It's like this, I don't know, this baby of yours. And so you're like, okay, what do I want this to look like? And so then I started, you know, having guests come on. Cause I'm like, I don't want this all about me. I want to like pick other people's brains because so many other people know way more than I do. And so it's way more fun to just pick other people's brains. Um, so that kind of, you know, got the ball rolling and then, you know, went from the Allie McGee podcast to just something that really aligned with truly what I was talking about, because every episode just about from the beginning was like master your, and then whatever we're talking about. So it just felt really good to fully just like tighten up the podcast to make it really clean. And, um, I mean, clean as you can. Right. Um, (laughs) um, and then just really refine what I was talking about, get clear on, you know, intro body conclusion and just like find your step. But I feel like it takes a little bit, um, to do that because it is like, it's your thing. And like, it's very vulnerable. Like a lot of things I've shared on there. I'm like, Whoa, like if I'd go back now, I'd be like, I'll reel Um, it in. (laughs) Not saying any of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm glad I got it out there. Whatever I said, what I said, it needed to be said. Um, And then, you know, you keep moving forward from there. And I think um, you gain so much more from getting your creative stuff out there versus like holding it in because the, um, even though like, the podcast isn't for everyone. That's okay. I'm not making it for everyone. I'm making it for that person who wants to show up as the best version of themselves. And I doing all of the work that goes into podcasting and just to produce one episode is it's a lot of work. Like people don't realize all the post-production work stuff that goes into it, scheduling guests, coordinating, you know, blah, 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 the whole ordeal. It's a lot. But the moment I get that one message from someone like, yo, I just listened to this podcast. It was life-changing. I just, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever they have to say about it. I'm like, it was all worth it. You know, everything was worth it. And 
like I would do it and I do it for free. Like I don't get paid. I actually lose money on it because I pay someone to produce my show. So that's when I think you truly find your passion is like, I would do it for free. I would show up and, you know, you keep doing it and there's no money involved. So it's kind of a little bit about how I got started, where it's at and all this fun stuff. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I don't know why my dog's barking right now. I don't know what she heard. Um, I was like, I hear it and it annoys me because I hear it through the microphone. I'm like, what's going on? Um, yeah. The the whole starting of the podcast, I remember my initial podcast Again, it was called Running Beer and BS. It was me and a buddy, and the idea was we talked about running beer, BS, and other things. And the idea is every episode we had a brand new beer, and we it was like you were on a trail run with us. That was the that was the general idea. It's hey, we're gonna rant for something about thirty five minutes, and then that's gonna be the episode. And you know, it was really cool. We were, we grew. We tried different beers, and we got invited to different breweries. We would get we would get invited to brand new breweries. They'd be like, "Hey, come over and record an episode at our place, and we'll promote it, and we'll do whatever." And you're like, "This is this is like pretty cool, like like a semi celebrity." But in that, like I talked about earlier, it was still trying to find my find my way. And how did it all work? Like I have the technical know how because it's just what I do on the side anyway. So like that part was the easy part for me. Part for me, which is, is I'm a super introvert. I do not really talk to people. And this show specifically, this, this, my new show has helped me grow in so many different ways because it's not only you know, before it was just me and my buddy, we were just talking and he would invite guests and sometimes we'd have guests on, but it was just me and him. So it's just a simple conversation between two people. But the time that you have to just sit in front of your computer with a microphone and just talk to no one, that that is very difficult for an introvert and try to and not get that feedback. Like, I don't know, like at least you're not in your head. You're like, hey, I'm at least listening. I may not agree with you or understand anything you're saying, but at least I'm listening. And it's I, you don't get any of that when you're doing the solo episodes. And so it's like, okay, well, now I got to reach out to people. I don't like talking to people. And it's like, okay, now I've got to find people. Not only do I need to talk to them, I need to find people that I talk to that I can like actually can talk with. Like they need to be like on the same wavelength as me, ideas. And it helped me kind of get out of my comfort zone and push myself to going, okay, like let's 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 see what I can make of this. To to quote one of your quotes from your second episode, I'm coming back to it. You're gonna like, you're gonna oh keep, my gosh, you're I'm gonna be like, this is let's ridiculous. <laughs> you you get you get a lick of the potential. And then you see the full plate and it's like, that's, that's exactly what it is. You can see what's there and then you kind of get everything there. And now I'm at a point where it seems really weird. If you guys go back through the last, like probably seven episodes, I would say, yeah, the last six or seven episodes have mostly been females, mostly around a health and or mental wellness kind of thing. So I'm, I'm apparently I've struck a chord with Instagram's algorithm and they're only showing me <laughs> a certain kind of people. But it's great because these conversations are absolutely amazing. There's so many different places you can go with it. But you have this idea of the the podcast is helping you kind of push yourself. And you, you're like I said, I'm reaching out to new people. I'm doing these things. But at the same time, like we talked about earlier, it's helping me grow because I'm doing this selfish, selfishly. I now have a reason to reach out to people, reach out to strangers on social media and say, hey, on Friday night, you want to talk for an hour and a half, a literally about anything. And I think that is so amazing. Mm, yes. Podcasting has been 
a lot like dating in terms of you got to put yourself out there. You got to ask if you put people on your show and like it kind of hurts if people don't want to come on your show or even like reaching out to brands and get getting sponsors. It's like, what? You don't want to sponsor me? I'm awesome. And it's it's another ego check. And like once again, having to create that space all over again and like just re unattaching from like, you know, them saying no of like, oh, I'm not a failure, but like, they just don't want to, it's a not right now. And so it's really personal, but I think it's helping. I love that you say it's helping you grow. I think it's helping me grow so much. I think it, every time I have to reach out to someone doing the reach outs are some of the hardest things ever, because you don't want to say no. It's kind of like asking someone out. Do you want to hear a no? It's like, no, like I'm asking you out for a reason. Like I would like to hear a yes. (laughs) Um, The correct answer is yes. Yeah. So like flip the no around and make it a yes. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's really, it's definitely putting yourself out there in this new way. And I think it helps continue the growth and because like you can't stop doing the thing because like podcasting, it's this continuous, you know, show that you have to keep reaching out. You have to keep doing it. But once again, like anything, I think doing the practice and the reps helps make it easier. And then it's like, then you start securing all these guests and in your case, all these health and wellness, you know, guests. And it just, you start to hit your stride and what was once extremely difficult is now it's just like a mild, like annoyance of like, Oh, like I got to do that. You have your moment. It comes over you. It's like, okay, I'll do it. And then you do it. And it's like no longer a big deal. So it's cool to see growth in that way. Yeah. You can kind of, just strengthen your way, strengthen yourself and, and put yourself out there to, to the point too of finding guests. It's, we don't tend to find guests that are usually exactly the way we are because who wants to talk to yourself? Usually, I mean, usually that's, um, I don't, don't answer that question. Um, <laughs> you don't want to talk to someone that's exactly like you. You want to learn something. Like you said, you want to be able to grow and kind of do that. And you talked about like the branding thing. I, we went through that initially when I started the first show, we had talked about doing that. And then we, decided to go the whole other way and say, we're hundred percent listener supported. Let's just do our own thing. And then I took that to a thing. It's like, if you see me wearing something on the podcast, it's more than likely my brand. I have a nonprofit called hangry. This is our gear. This is a hat. It actually is JF. It's my film logo. I'm only wearing my stuff. I'm promoting me. So we can talk about hangry too later, but we'll do it off the air. I'm here pe- for it. Pe- yeah, people yeah, are I'm always people are like, seriously, Jonathan, you're talking about hangry again. Like, yes, we're feeding those with the issue, living with the issue of hunger. Deal with it. Um, yeah, we flip hangry. But the idea is I, I want to self brand myself. I always make the joke of like from Talladega nights when he's like the, at the end of it, when his car just has a cougar on it and just says M E and he's like, what's M E. And he's like, it's me. You're racing for you kind of thing. And you're like, Oh yeah. Like that's it. Like you should be your biggest brand sponsor. You should be doing this for you, regardless of what people get out of it. Like you said, we are losing money. The amount of gear that I have on me right now. And then you add that cost in, in addition to, I have to pay someone to host this every single month, then spend the time to do it all. I think that is far worth it for me to be able to have conversations, to learn things about people or industries that I did not know about. And maybe that one or two people that hear it and, and just kind of change, you know, change the script. I remember I had a guest and I always bring this up and, and I don't think she likes when I keep bringing it up, but I am, I just won't say her name, but she, um, I had this guest on the show and she was, 
she, we did a race together or we both did a race in West Virginia. And every time I do races, I just like search the hashtag for the race, find people with cool stories and say, Hey, let's talk. Oh yeah. That's, that's the smooth way of getting in. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just find like, <laughs> Oh, you did this event too. Let me see what's going on. But she, we talked with, I talked with her and she was like, she has um, a son that's autistic, but he's in college and, and talking about like his growth and stuff like that. And she's a nurse and she was like the president of like a animal cruelty foundation in West Virginia. I was like, this is awesome. Let's talk about it. Let's do this stuff. Well, all of a sudden the conversation starts going down another path where she starts talking about PTSD um, because she was a victim of domestic violence. And then we start going like, it took, I'm getting chills now. It took like a hard turn. It's like, you know, a white male in the thirties. Like I have no, I don't talk during that podcast. I listen. And I think that's a super great thing for a podcast host in general is just to listen and not talk, even though I'm doing too much talking right now. But I just listen to what she had to say and listen to her story and, and teach me things of maybe signs to look out for, things to realize. And from that episode, I had so many people reach out, people that, that were suffering from PTSD from like a military standpoint or that sort of thing, or people not realizing that what they're going through is PTSD. Like she was going through, she had traumatic stress and she was going through the relapse of that, if you will. And people just didn't realize how to explain it. And it's like that one episode, I always go back to and go, you know what, if I wouldn't have had the courage to reach out to her and put it out there and see what happens. Maybe a couple people would be in situations they shouldn't be in now because we didn't want to do that. And I think that's where it, to kind of tie everything up into a nice pretty bow. You don't realize that your journey is not just for you. It's hard to realize that maybe say, because you do so many things, you, you reach so many people, you touch so many lives, you impact so many people that you'll never see. You'll never realize the impact that you made on an individual where someone listened to your podcast, took a, a nugget of that, and maybe shared it with someone else. They didn't even know you said it. They just heard it, your, your little piece of nugget of truth, and it changed their life. We'll never hear those stories, and it's so... It's one of those things where I have to keep myself in check of understanding that this journey is not about me, but about the difference that I can make in my community and in, in, in those around me or even those that I don't even know. Mm, uh, I think you nailed it. Um, I think a lot of the episodes that I've had my best feedback from were some of the ones that we had the hardest conversations. Like one was all about eating disorders and a really close friend of mine, you know, from high school, went through treatment and she shared all about it on the podcast. And I got so many people who reached out and were like, yo, thank you so much for doing this. Like I, you know, I think I actually need help. Do you have any resources? And it was just this impactful episode, but here, I just thought we were going to have a conversation and like, you know, another podcast is coming out like boom, boom, boom. But like it truly changed so many and touched so many people and I was not expecting it. Um, and so I think it's like, sometimes we go into it for selfish reasons, but what comes out of it is way bigger than we could ever imagine or ever expect. So I think that's the beautiful part about podcasting is like, yeah, we want to like score those like 
superstar guests that we all want but i think the conversation that comes from it is like tenfold of like what we could ever bring to it so yeah, yeah. i love it when, when you open up you bring a couple people in a room and kind of <clears throat> in a room oh covid remember we used to be in rooms with people <laughs> <clears throat> gosh stupid covid for real um Ked literally just threw me off track um but you when you get a couple people on talking to each other and just having an open conversation like this. That's why I love podcasts like this, like yours, where it's obviously we have notes. There's notes down here, guys. It's not like I just made up most of the stuff off the top of my head, but, but all we didn't talk about half the notes because the idea is we want to have a conversation. I want to look at Allie in the face and actually have a conversation with her because I think that's when you get the real authentic stuff. You know, there are so mm-hmm. many podcasts that I see that it is very obvious. They're just reading from a script for 15 minutes it's, you know, the, the timbre is there. You can hear it in their voice. And it's like, yeah, we have certain things that we need to say. Like, there's no way I would have remembered Allie's entire bio. <laughs> no way at all. I looked straight down here and I read it and that's perfectly fine. But when you have these like real authentic conversations, we can, we can talk about things like this, things that actually matter. And, and in my opinion, make, make the biggest impact and difference because you're showing that authentic self. And not to say you have to have a podcast to do that. Kind of what I'm getting at here, and it goes back to the journey aspect, is be authentic. Be you. And I think once you do that, you kind of, you can gain more influence with people because it's very easy to tell when people are being themselves and being authentic. And when you get that influence, then you use your influence for good to kind of continue pushing that good, to push people past their limits, open up that box, do the things that you said you'd never be able to do and kind of just push yourself to do it. Mm, Yes. Yes. Because I think people can see right through the bullshit and the cheesy fake stuff and just especially on Instagram, they're like pretty picture perfect or like pose, like whatever, or like the girl in the bikini. And it's like, yeah, that shit gets likes, but like, I'm more about the posts that are like honest and real, real and vulnerable. And like that shit gets you DMS and people actually talking about the conversation. Like I don't care necessarily. I care about the comments. Yeah. Great comment on the things, but I think people have way more to say like when people are in your dms like that's honestly where the conversation is real and it's happening and people spill kind of like it's a more intimate spot so that you have opened up to for people you know to hold that conversation to have that space of just like oh like if she's talking about it and she's open about it like mental health or like body weight or a body image whatever you know my page is kind of full of random things that i like and probably share more than, you know, I should, but I feel that that creates a really great space for, you know, other people to do the same or feel, um, okay about that. They're having these feelings of massive anxiety or depression or eating disorders or not comfortable in their body. Like whatever that is, I think if you are vulnerable and you come from a good spot, like I think only good stuff comes out of it. So yeah, hundred yeah, percent. like that idea mm-hmm. of if we want the DMS, not the likes, that's a little bit I wrote down. It's, mm. it's because that, that is so true. I've never thought about it like that. Like you think you see the people that have thousands and thousands and thousands of likes and yeah. how many of those, how many of those people are actually responding to people that actually send them a DM or even allow it. They probably just block it and they don't even want the noise, yeah. which some of them, they probably need to cause there's some creeps on Instagram, but the, I, yeah. <laughs> But the idea of having that like true heartfelt conversation 
it's so, I don't know. Yeah. There's nothing. I absolutely love that when I, when I get asked things or to ask to be explained a little more, Hey, who is that person that you had on the show? Cause I would have never heard of them or anything like that. I did a random thing on, uh, was it end of last year? Maybe the middle of last year. I literally went on Reddit cause I think it was like middle of COVID. And this is before I started doing more video interviews again, cause I had to get the, the cojones to like to actually do it. But I went on Reddit and literally just asked like, like the running thread, like, Hey, who wants to tell their story? I've got a podcast. You just give me, give me one paragraph blurb of what your story is. If I like it, we're going to schedule an episode. And I did it with like four or five people. And you could tell they were so nervous because they were like, like, Oh, this is going to be filmed as well. And now I have to talk and people are going to ask me about my story and stuff like, and it was just like, but it's like people that literally their only voice was like sharing a couple things on Reddit, maybe or in social media. And these people, I just, you know, we will talk about the end. Like, Hey, plug all your stuff. Like I said, Hey, plug all your stuff. They don't have an Instagram. They don't have a Twitter. They don't have these things because they're, that's not like their environment. And literally they're willing to come off, come on the show and share kind of thing. No one would be able to hear your story. Had a guy that his family was, uh, he's first generation American. I don't remember if he was born here or not, but he lived in, he lives in Pennsylvania and he, uh, like just talked about the idea of not having much and trying to do all that he could and saying, you know what, I'm going to run a marathon and training and doing this stuff, working a couple jobs, helping out his grandmother that was taking care of the family, barely enough food to eat kind of thing. And you're like, holy crap, like that's, that's amazing. Like more people need to hear your story. But the problem is, is they don't feel, people don't feel like they have a voice or that their story is not big enough. And I'm letting people know right now, like, I don't care if there's another hundred thousand podcasts. If you have a voice, if you have a story that you feel like you can tell, tell it. Period. Mm. Period. Mm. Tell your story, whether it's in a podcast, whether it's in a video, whether it's a single post on social media, or you want to shout it from the top of a rooftop. Tell people your story. Don't hold it in. Cause like you said earlier is you, you have this, it feels like a disservice if you hold on to itself and not share it with the world. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think what, like, that's my favorite part is, you know, a lot of people just want to get on and share about their journey because they know it will help people. Like I've had so many doctors on my show who just want to get on and chat about, you know, intuitive eating or like, you know, intermittent fasting or whatever. And like, I can't ask the question, Hey, can you plug yourself? And just, you know, because they don't have social media, like they just want to like do something good and share. And so I think that's super like, it's, it's always very humbling of like, Oh, you want to come on my show and just chat and just like add value to the world. Right. Um, You're not doing this it, for your own benefit. Yeah, totally. Cause like you can tell sometimes like, so I'll have people pitch the show and I'm just like, I, I don't know. Like it just feels like a little weird and like, you're just trying to use my platform and whatever. And like, that's not what I'm going for. Like, I don't want it to feel like that. So I think it's really cool too, as a podcaster that when you reach out to people and you're like, Hey, will you be a guest on my show? And they feel honored AF. Like they're just like, Whoa, you want me to be on the show? And you're just like, yes, of course. And like, it doesn't feel like a big deal to you because you do it all the time, but to them it's their world. And to be able to offer a platform up to people where they can just 
talk and we can have this organic conversation that has meaning and purpose and value, like wild. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. I think we've, we've beat the dead horse a good bit on journey and yeah, there's, we there's, probably. there are so many things that we could talk about and I'm just going to have to have you back on the show. So sorry. Mm, you're yeah, going to have, let's do it. you're going to have to yeah. deal with that now. So I'm already committing. I'm pre-committing. Pre-committing. <laughs> I'm, I've already, hold on, let me write it. All right. It's written down. <laughs> I didn't write anything. The pen still. Um, but yeah, so speaking of not wanting to plug things and you're doing things for selfless reasons, anything you want to plug <laughs> and how can people oh, get, in, how course, can people get in touch you with you? <laughs> yeah, of course. Since you asked, um, you can follow the journey, um, for my personal page is at Ali McGee underscore. So that's A L I M C G underscore on Instagram. My, um, I have a brand and I sell yoga mats. Um, it's, uh, um, life simplified. So at underscore life simplified. You can get yoga mats. I have a bunch of like, you know, eBooks and goal setting and implementation courses are all on there. So lots of really good, good, amazing stuff. So definitely check out the merch. Um, but yeah, I'm mostly active on Instagram. So hit me up, slide in the DMS. Let's have a great conversation. (laughs) Unless you're a creep, then please stay out. Please. Please stay out of the DMs in that case. <laughs> Hopefully I don't have too many creeps listening to the podcast. Like, wouldn't that be something you just have like 30 creeps, but like, <laughs> I heard you on his podcast and you're like, I'm not going back on his show. You're like, I have to break the commitment. I yeah, can't like, come back Ugh. on. <laughs> Please let me know though, if that does happen, because I, we need to, I need to like switch platforms, change my yeah, name, move to a different people. town. Yeah. You know, we got to go, go crazy, but thanks so much for being on the show today. Yeah. It was a pleasure. So fun to just sit here, just chat and just kind of jam out. Yeah. Just make it a thing. So, all right. So for everyone else, you can reach out to me on social media everywhere at flores.run. You guys know the, uh, know the website, www.flores.run. I'm super behind on blog posts. Just going to say it. That's just, that's how it works. You know, we'll get the other two races up here eventually. Um, I'm blaming Paige because she hasn't edited one yet, uh, even though I haven't written the other one, but that's okay. Sorry, Paige, throwing you under the bus again. But love if you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Leave a review. Uh, Reviews helps tremendously with all of the algorithms and stuff like that to make sure that people are finding this podcast, having listening to amazing interviews like the one we just had with Ali McGee because she's awesome. Uh, You can also find our YouTube page uh, where you can see all of the episodes we've done video interview wise, at least in the last like eight episodes. Um, and then we're also on Instagram for other, uh, what's the thing called IGTV. That's fine. But Hey, thanks for joining me today. Remember to keep running with purpose one step at a time. See you next week.